20, 20, 20, 28 minutes or less podcast. Minutes or Less Podcast with S. Foster. All right, what's good, people? This is S. Foster, and it's going to be a double feature podcast, man. This is going to be episode 203 of the Stolen Time Podcast, and episode 38 of the 28 Minutes of Podcast. Got a very special guest on with me today. And that is the homie, man, Willie McGee, you know what I'm saying, the uh, athletic director of St. Vincent, St. Mary. Man, how you feeling today, man? You good? I feel blessed, man. I feel blessed. I cannot complain, man. Uh, I am a, a newly uh, – I have I have a fiancé within the last month, and I, I've just had my first child uh, a little over a week ago, uh, Thursday. So, you know, just blessed right now, man, feeling a lot of love, man, uh, in a place I've never been before, so I'm in the process of uh, learning new things, and that's trying to be the best me, man. That's what's up, man. Congratulations on all of that, man. Seen it. You know, I follow you on uh, social media, so congratulations on those things, man. It's, it's always a blessing. You know, I mean, I look, I, I remember those days, man. Mine going on uh, 14 and 12 this year. All right, so, congratulations. congratulations. Uh, been out here parenting for a while, man, so, you know, it's, it's just wild. It is, man. I uh, appreciate that, man. It's just wild, man, watching man. them go through puberty and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can. I look forward to that, man. Oh, um, yes, man. Your instant dad, right off the rip. Right. <laughs> uh, things change immediately, man. Uh, me and my fiance uh, spoke about, man. It's crazy how you can just instantly start loving somebody you've never met. You know what I mean? But when you see, uh, I had opportunity to obviously be in the delivery room, and as soon as I, I, I seen him come out and laid in my my fiance arms, man, it's just a a, a love that you can't explain, man. So uh, happy to be in this position, man. This is uh, a place I prayed to be in uh, growing up. So, you know, want to take uh, full advantage and, and enjoy, enjoy and, and be in the moment. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I, I had the uh, pleasure of uh, watching both of my boys being delivered, man. Yeah. And it's, it's truly a blessing that you so right like as soon as you see them it's just like yo i don't even know this person it's like you, you try to bond with them while they're in the belly and everything right but it's just like when they're here it's different you know and you just got this thing where you would jump in front of a train for them right you know what i'm saying and and yeah man it's it's wild how that happens but our parents like they told us this type of stuff. Like, right they tell you like you you, you get you don't understand that love until they get here so man, definitely man, congratulations on you and your fiance. And uh which you ended up having uh it was a it was a girl, right? No, a little boy. A little boy, Ilya Richard Du Bois McGee. I end up naming him after my my older brother, who's like my father. The boy. Oh yeah, you definitely see that. We'll get into that a little later in the pod because you can definitely see that in uh in more more than the game. But uh yeah. But the first order of business, man, like, you know, it's interesting, like, how people end up getting at certain places. You know, I told my story of how I ended up uh, going to Fairmont State. But uh, how did you end up going to Fairmont State, man, playing QB? Man, honestly, it's definitely an interesting story, man. You have to understand, I'm originally from Chicago. Basketball is all I knew. 
um, you know, uh, coming from growing up in the Chicago Bulls era, Michael Jordan, then my brother moved me to Ohio. And I always want to be like Michael Jordan and my brother. My brother went to the University of Akron to play basketball on a scholarship. And I want to go to college and be like him. So basketball was everything to me. So when I moved up to Ohio, um, actually the first sport I played was baseball. But then after that, it was basketball. So it was a natural love, man. Um, I, I struggled in school a little bit. So that was my motivating force to get back on track, to continue to be able to play basketball. And honestly, my first year ever playing basketball here in Akron, was with LeBron James, you know what I mean? So just the stories that, that start from younger, that really grow. Um, and, you know, we end up playing AAU ball together, end up going to St. Vincent St. Mary together, won multiple championships. But I hurt my shoulder. I ended up playing football the first time uh, my freshman year in high school. I was always I was always the biggest kid. So my, my brother being from Chicago, he said, man, you're not going to play peewee because you might get hurt. You know, mm -hmm. uh, when I should have been playing like B team, the second level of of uh, or A team, the second level of Pee Wee, I would have had to play varsity my first year ever playing. And and he said, no, you're not doing that. Stick to basketball. So when I got to when I got to St. V, Brian played football. My my friend Sean played football. So I, I chose to go out and play football with him. End up dislocating my shoulder my freshman year. Maybe seven games out of ten, seven games into the freshman year, and end up hurt my shoulder, hurt it again during basketball season, hurt it again the first game of AU, my freshman going to sophomore year, so I, so I had to have surgery. So I uh, I missed all the football sophomore year, but I still wanted to be there around my friends, so I was a water boy. And so our, our quarterback ended up getting tendonitis, and they needed somebody to throw, and I hurt my, my non-throwing shoulder, playing tight end, bad pass, it popped out. So with that, I ended up throwing the ball a little bit. We got a new coach my my sophomore year and he asked me to come back out my junior year and I tell him like no nah. my mom said I I'm, I came here to play basketball I'm trying to get to college I'm not trying to do that now and he just spoke life into me like man I think you got opportunity you throwing the ball well just come out and try so fast forward to my junior year first day of tryouts I didn't go you know I didn't even go to be the water boy I'm at home playing video games and ready for <laughs> basketball he called and said man I really like you to play now mind you I enjoyed throwing the ball you know what I'm saying? Uh, so with mm -hmm. that, I uh, said, man, you need to talk to my brother. You need to talk to my brother. You can talk my brother into it. He can talk my mom into it, and I can I can play. So I gave my brother's number. He talked to him, and, uh, you know, I went out. Uh, my mom gave me the blessing. My brother did. I went out the second day of two days, and I learned the position, man. You got to understand, when I first start, I, I, I struggled taking snaps, remembering the cadence, uh, remember calling plays, you know. <laughs> The, the, the wide receiver run in, I used to have him call to play. I knew it. I can conceptualize it, but I couldn't verbalize it. Um, so then I had him calling the plays, mm -hmm. and then, you know, I, I got to it. Then eventually the offensive coordinator like, no, you need to call the plays because if you need to call an audible, you need to know and be able to adjust. So I went through that whole process, came in as a, as a junior, um, rotated early, and then ended up getting the start nod as a, uh, when the playoffs started. We made a run and made a run to the state uh, playoffs. Um, and then, mm -hmm. honestly, after that, man, once I hurt my shoulder in basketball, I was never really the same guy. I became, I came in with a great freshman class, obviously, with with LeBron, NBA player, uh, Drew Joyce, who played multiple years overseas, uh, all-time assist leader at University of Akron, Sean Cotton, who came in as a big-time basketball player, but ended up being an All-American in football and went to the University of Ohio State. 
Um, so I came in with an awesome freshman class and in, in basketball. I felt like I was just as good as any of them and, and played varsity as a freshman. But once I hurt my shoulder, I became a role player. Man, I really couldn't do what I, I, I felt like I could. I missed my summer, my sophomore summer, uh, a freshman going into sophomore year. And I just really felt behind. So I had to do what I had to do to play. I became a, a role player, defensive guy, rebounder. So I, I didn't really love the game because mm -hmm. I wasn't able to do what I did before I got hurt. So once the opportunity kind of presented itself as going to play football, man, it, it was kind of like a, a no-brainer. But then we get a snowstorm my senior year, and I missed like three or four visits. You know what I mean? So the only visits I really went on was ah. to Howard University, which was an amazing visit. I wanted to go to HBCU, mm -hmm. and um, they said they had me like on the middle of their board at um, quarterback. And I was there with like a couple Florida guys, it was like package deals. So the quarterback that was in that group, we hanging out. He he told me he didn't plan on coming to Howard, but he had three receivers that that was dependent on Howard. So he committed to coming so they could get the receivers. Then he was going to back out at the end before he signed. You know what I mean? So that's learning the game like that. And uh, and he was ahead of me on the board. So once they asked me to come in and speak to the coaches after the little visit. They said they wanted to be a preferred walk-on because they had two people commit ahead of me, and they had one guy coming back the, uh, from the following year. So with that, you know, um, it was just a crazy situation because I love the visit. That's where I wanted to go. I like D.C. Um, but then I went on a, a visit on Fairmont State University. Actually, one of the, the coaches at St. V was Coach Lanham was his brother. I don't know if you remember Coach Lanham, the offensive line coach. And he got me, he started recruiting me to Fairmont. Then I went, I didn't love it, I'll be honest. Um, but it was an opportunity at, 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 where I was okay. in my life, with my family was, I had to receive a scholarship, you know what I'm saying, in order to go to college. So I, I, want, I didn't want my family to have to pay for me to go to school. So it was mm -hmm. really the only option I had at the time. Howard wanted to be a preferred walk-on. Fairmont offered me money. I missed Teal and two other colleges being able to go visit. Um, so really, that, that's the only option I really had, if I'm going to be honest with you. Now, to be honest, totally honest, LeBron understood that the situation I was in, and he offered to pay my first year to go to Howard um, as a preferred walk-on, and then trusted I, I would get a scholarship after that, knowing I would work, and I, I love the game. And, uh, you know, it, it can, I mm -hmm. considered it, but I, I didn't want to go go to school on somebody else's dime. Um, I felt like I had an opportunity to go to school for free at Fairmont, even if it's not ideally the place I wanted to. But I thought that's where God was leading me. And I, I want to be able to do it on my own and say I did it on my own. So, and you know, that's how I ended up at Fairmont, man. Uh, walked out on, on faith, you know, uh, but really blessed. We're blessed to receive a scholarship. You know, everybody want to go D1, as did I. But um, I ended up getting a scholarship to go D2 and really only played two years of, of football. And I was learning the position, man. I, I was still raw, had a strong arm, could throw it deep, but couldn't throw the intermediate route. My feet weren't right. You, I mean, I threw you the ball, you know, you know, uh, the slant, yeah. the knees, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Wasn't mm -hmm. on point consistently because my feet, I was, I was still learning as I got to Fairmont for real, man. And I didn't love the game of football. I'll be honest with you. I love basketball, but I... But I, but, but football was my opportunity to go to college, so I, I took advantage of it. And I learned to love the game of football once I got there, playing with people that love football like I love basketball and respecting the game. And at the end of the day, man, see, after the winter workouts, you had to love it. All the work you put in, you want to see, see the payoff, man. That winter workout was different.
in the winter, I'm normally oh, playing yeah, basketball, for sure. so I never went through that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, like people don't realize, when it comes to, like, football, man, like, you, like, see me, you know what I'm saying, I played ball in high school, but I was more, like, I was more used as, like, a, you know what I'm saying, rebounder, defensive player, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, I, I had a high school coach who, you know what I'm saying, like, if, if I tried to shoot the ball, you know what I'm saying, he pulled me out the game. Right. And then, like, it was more of like, so I couldn't really love it like I wanted to until I started playing AAU ball. And then my AAU coach let me, you know, he let me play my game. And like my high school coach heard, oh man, I heard you dropping 30 in, in AAU ball. I was like, he let me play my game. Like in high school, you don't let me play my game. So I kind of didn't love basketball like that because of my high school career didn't go the way that I wanted it to. So like mm-hmm. football was more of like the sport that I was just like really good at. But by the time I got to Fairmont State, I missed two football seasons. Really? See, uh, I didn't get to Fairmont State, so I was already twenty-one. Yeah, because oh, see, I had, you know, I had, I had the great, yeah, I had the the great problem. You know what I'm saying? Huh. Um, I didn't realize it till it got really to my my senior year, like halfway through my senior year, when I realized, like, yo, like this, it's not gonna go as according as planned. Like, you know, I talked to the coaches at North Carolina State, and you know, they're telling me like, yo, you got to get you know, a 1250 on your SAT for us to even have you eligible to even get a, a, a scholarship. So then I had to start looking smaller because, you know, the, the letters from like Vanderbilt start going away. The letters from Wake Forest start going away. So I ended up just graduating and going to, uh, I went to a Greenville Tech. It's just a technical school. They don't have no teams or nothing like that. So that's mm-hmm. one year of missing football. Right. And then I ended up taking the next semester of school off because I was just like, you know, I, and my mom, we had our little stuff. So I was like, I need to get my own spot. So I just yeah. like, you know, forget it. I'm not going to worry about it. And then my coach, one of my high school coaches, uh, he's coaching down at uh, Coastal Carolina now. He's like, yo, we really need to get they you in the school, you. man. He's like, you know, yeah, yeah, they did. They did. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, yo, he's like, I know a guy, California. I know a guy in Kansas. And I know a guy in West Virginia. So, you know, I was in the circumstances where, I ain't had no money for no plane ticket, so I was like, "Well, I could drive to West Virginia." Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I sent in my highlight tape, which uh, I played defensive back and receiver, uh-huh. and they told me, "I mean, you already know you got Andre, uh-huh. you know, what I'm saying stud, right. you got VJ stud." Right. So it's just like he's looking at me like he's like, "Well, you play both, so I just put you at receiver." Mm-hmm. He was like, "Because we need more help at the receiver position than the defensive back position." And so that's how I ended up. They ended up giving me a partial uh, scholarship, mm-hmm. you know, up there. And then everything that transpired up there transpired. But, like, man, that's that's dope, man. Um, and then for you to be able to say, like, yo, like, I want to do this on my own. Like, people don't understand. Like, that's that's one of those things where, you know, that that's something that you have to live with within yourself. You right. know what I'm saying? And, and knowing that you went up there and you did it on your own. When you had an opportunity to go somewhere else and someone would help you, yeah, that's that dope, man. That's dope. But yeah, man, how did you? I uh, think it helped, it helped me who who I am today, man. That's you know, uh, and it's stuff that I often talk talk about with kids, man. And, and now it's a thin line because you don't want to have too much pride and miss a great opportunity. But then on the other hand, mm-hmm. you you have to believe in yourself and bet on yourself enough that you can get out of it what you need to get out of it and be able to do it. And 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 I straddled that line at that time, but I believe I made the right decision in hindsight, looking back on it, man. Um, 
because, you know, a lot of kids don't take advantage of opportunities that's in front of them and they miss out on stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I thought about that, but I also thought I got out of it what I needed to get out of it. And that was uh, a college, a college degree and, and great friendships, man. I, I have friends there that, that, that are, are family to me now that are friends for life. And I feel like I made the right decisions, man. Now football didn't work out the way it, way I felt like I wanted it to, but there's no guarantee that, that it, it would have a Howard either. You know what I mean? But because at the mm -hmm. end of the day, I didn't love the game and it took me a while to love the game. And I think that was my biggest problem going into it. I just wanted to be able to receive a scholarship because basketball was my first love. Uh, but I ended up loving the game. Then I felt like it was a little too late by the end. Uh, but those things that I, I had to deal with, with myself, obviously if I would, went to Howard, not loving the game with more options out there, I could have faced the same thing. But yet again, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I graduated and, and things like that. So I, I just tried to keep my priorities in perspective. Hey man, that sound like that sound like Iverson, man. You know, Iverson loved the game of football, but he was just like, I have a great opportunity in basketball. So, you know, right. he ended up playing a sport that he initially didn't love. You know what right. I'm saying? But like you have to do like people that was in our positions back then, like you have to do what you gotta do. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like absolutely. football was like my ticket into getting into school, and football was your ticket in getting you into school. Right. And yeah, yeah, but I never I never had the Pleasure, like, like we'll get into that a little later. But even watching more than the game, like I really didn't get to see like everything that you were specialized in, like on the court. You know, yeah, because you just ended up playing on like one of the greatest high school teams ever, and the run that y'all had. Oh, and another thing. So how did you get? So you come from a situation. I don't know how y'all did on the football field, but as far as basketball, I mean, like you won three state championships and a national championship. Right. So you used to winning. Like y'all didn't really lose any games. Now, right. as far as football, like, how was y'all on the football field? And I asked that because, like, Fairmont State, like, man, that was a lot of L's up there, man. <laughs> no, you got to be right, man. I wasn't used to losing. Honestly, when I first started playing, my, my freshman year, I, I believe we were above 500. I got hurt in game seven. We had three games left, and we, we was above 500. Uh, my sophomore year, I didn't play. We didn't make the playoffs. And then our junior year, when I played quarterback, we made it to the state semifinals. You know, and mind you, we weren't mm -hmm. supposed to make the playoffs. I think we ended up finishing six and four, but we had to win the last game of the playoffs, and we ended up losing to Walsh Jesuit, which was a powerhouse, one of our rivals. Uh, we lost in a mud bowl at, at their spot. And um, that Saturday morning, my coach called me and was like, man, we got in. We, we were the eighth seed. So we had to go to go to the number one seed, Manchester, and upset them. Um in the uh, first round of the playoffs at their home spot. You know what I mean? So then we went mm -hmm. on a run after that and made it all the way to the state semifinals and end up losing, man. Uh, had some bad luck, Ball turned the ball over. We was playing on our, our side of the half, the whole first half. One of our best players, Jared Villers, who went to uh, Western Illinois, I believe, or something in Illinois and started linebacker as a freshman, uh, ended up getting a concussion. It was just a bad – Bad day, man. I, I threw. I had a couple picks turnovers, and it was a real windy day, and um, it was just a bad, bad day. We lost in the state semi. In our junior year, we end up we end up struggling. Our junior year, honestly, Brian didn't come out. He focused on basketball. Our star re receiver was uh Ryan Glass for a freshman, and um, I, I went from starting as as a quarterback to us changing the offense because we want built like we were built the year before and we started running the wing team we started running at people and they end up putting me at like tight end and flanker or something like that to block 
So it was just, you know, I played quarterback for like a year and a half. Then we changed the offense to, to best suit the team. And then it was just, it was different. So when I got to Fairmont, man, it was difficult not playing because I never not played. Uh, but it was also getting red shirt in my freshman year. Um, and then it was just, it was difficult losing like that, man. But, but it, but, but it almost became to like, man, the expectation wasn't really the win. You know, you, you question some of your coaches and what they had us doing. So, and then you get out there and some of the play calling and stuff. So when you stop believing in, in your coaches and stuff, man, and, and losers starting to pile up, then it's like, you don't expect to win. Even if you got to win it, uh, mentality, you know what I'm saying? Uh, then you have to be self-motivated, you know what I mean? So I kind of went through some of that, you know, then you have friends uh, mm -hmm. that were playing that they kind of seen the same things you've seen. And it was just, it was difficult to, to say the least, man. And then you're in a, in a little town, you know, where you, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily ideal. Then you make your own fun and then you just, you kind of start being dependent on your, your friends around you. You become closer to them and that's trying to survive and, and make it through. Uh, whether than you know enjoying moments and stuff because you ain't really really have a lot of positive moments. Oh yeah, man! Like one of the things that really got me because I came from a high school where you know what I'm saying my 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 let me see we was because I was on varsity all four years we was forty nine and nine oh, for yeah, four years right, and so we I go there and y'all had to play um, North Greenville. Right. Uh -huh. I had to come down to South Carolina and see I came home that weekend because I was like, yo, that's where I'm from. Like I'm from this area. So, you know, what I'm saying? I go to the game and like I can't remember, but uh, we ended up losing. And so we go back and there was a um, but at the end of the year, we had like a, a end of the year meeting. And the coach was like, well, we put North Greenville on the schedule. And he was like the year before they was like one in 10 or something. He was like, I didn't know they was going to be like I think they won like eight or nine games. And it was yeah, just yeah. like, hold on. So it's like you scheduled them because they was a losing team. Right. But then they flipped the script. And I was just like, like, this is the way y'all thinking. Like, this is the mentality of, like, you telling us that you you scheduled a team that was bad the year before. Right. So, that, you know, I was just like, that that type of mentality, man. Like, was that's not what you right? want to go into. Right. Yeah. It, it was different. And, and I never knew that. But it's not surprising because that's. I feel like that's what they gave us as coaches, man. Honestly, you know, they never had that that mentality. Um, you know, honestly, I, I felt like the best players didn't play. You know what I mean? And I, I felt like they sacrificed games for people. You know what I mean? Where I felt like we could have been better. Um, you know, and I, I come, I come, I come from a win winning programs and some bomb coaches. Like my my football coaches was fire, man. We had. My head coach in, in high school played for Miami Hurricanes and Miami Dolphins. Winning mentality, man. Uh, my, my defensive mm -hmm. coordinator played. He actually went to West Liberty but played uh, from Canton, Ohio, but played for the Green Bay Packers in the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame. So I was surrounded by greatness and winning mentalities mm -hmm. and, and great schemes and ability to adjust and stuff. Then you go to Fairmont, and I didn't see that, man. And so it – it, it 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 played it played on my mind like you you know you you know the worst thing you can do is start questioning your coaches man and when you start doing that uh, you're not believing in what they're doing so you're not going 100 because you don't see you you're not going to reap the benefits of, of the hard work you know what I mean so mm -hmm. you know that I, I think that's that's what we dealt with at Fairmont all the while being blessed to have the opportunity to be there but then when you get there mm -hmm. man yeah. it's is it's just not what you expected you know what I mean. Oh yeah, for sure, and and they put a button on it because 
you know, you wasn't in the receiver stuff with us. Like, I remember we was, uh, you know, we coming out camp and stuff. And, like, Coach Bromfield, you know, shout out to him, man. He's coaching at Virginia now. Right. But um, – and I always thought he was a good coach, but I think that he just – I think that – now, I'm – I don't mean to speak for him, but it seemed like he didn't really believe in like the other coaching staff and he had to kind of like do his own thing. Right. And like, I remember him telling me like, yo, I need you to help. I was like, what you mean? He was like, cause we got guys in here who don't know, don't know the stances very well. They're not doing good at their takeoffs. And he was like, I see you, you know, advanced at that. So he was like, can you help me coach these guys up? And I'm like, yo, are we in college? Like, what you mean? You want you want me to help? I'm like, I'm coming in. I'm coming in as a red shirt freshman. I ain't played football in two years, and you right. want me to help you? You know, coach these dudes up. And it's like, who y'all recruiting? Right. So it was just like it, it got it got wild, man. But I, I I definitely appreciate the opportunity because, like you, I you know what I'm saying I got some friendships from you know going up there and all that type stuff, and you know met my ex up there. Got two kids. Mm-hmm. So you know what I'm saying. A lot came from just going to Fairmont State. Right. So those, those, but those, yeah, those were some good times, man. But yeah, to, uh, to say that, to say, man, Darius Green just said, "What's up, man? He's my roommate right now, man." And so he, he oh, Darius, I remember Darius. Yeah, he said, "Oh man, man. <laughs> tell him I said what's up, man." Yeah, yeah I remember Darius. Darius was from uh, from Georgia. No, no, Darius from Akron. Darius is. From oh, Darius from Akron. Who am I thinking about? Yeah. Oh man. Green. That's what yeah, they end up moving. He, I think he came in a court. He came in a quarterback, and they moved him to receiver. Oh, okay. That's what's yeah. up, man. Tell yeah. Darius. I said, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, how did you end up getting the AD job? And like, like, did you apply for it, or were you like called? Like, how did that happen, man? Well, that's a fun, funny story, man. It's funny how things happen, man. So, honestly, uh, after I got my degree at Fairmont, I, I, I came back and, and got a job for one year. Then I went and got my master's. I GA with the men's basketball team at the University of Akron and got my degree in sports science and administration um, okay. and was with them for two years. Man, I had a great time. And that's where my passion for coaching really got started. Well, honestly, my year after I graduated from Fairmont, my head coach at St. V, my last two years, Coach Joyce, who coaches growing up through, through AAU ball, he's the head coach there. And he asked me to be the freshman coach or the 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 varsity assistant. I didn't want to do it. So I told my brother, my, my brother stepped up. He's been doing it ever since then. He's been going on 14 years now or, or oh, maybe 17 cool. years. So with that, um, I ended up taking the freshman job that year and end up loving it. So I had my first year I'm coaching freshman, uh, working at Oriana house community correction facility. And then, uh, my second year out, I take the GA job at the University of Akron with the men's basketball team. End up winning, going to the MAC championship twice, won one year, went to NCAA tournament, played Notre Dame, and lost a year uh, in the championship. So with that, once I got out, I uh, I ended up working at uh, the the Akron Urban League. I don't know if you remember Marlon Marlon Burnett. Uh, yeah, yeah. He he ended up getting with a, a tutoring program in Texas that was expanding worldwide. Um, and uh, he ended up expanding to Akron. So I, I quit the Urban League and ended up working with uh, with him with this tutoring program, but it only lasted six months, kind of folded. So I end up uh, – now I'm kind of looking for work, man. And honestly, Coach Vincent, who was the assistant coach at Fairmont, ended up getting a job at Chawan University out in North Carolina. And um, he was the head coach there. And his second year, he asked me to come on and be assistant coach. 
And um, I was kind of hesitant. I was making like 35000 a year out of college. At the, and uh, going there, I would have had to make 19 my first year, no benefits. Then the second year, I made 25 with benefits. So it, I was I was kind of nervous. I felt like it was a step back, but um, it's something I wanted to do after coaching a year of uh, high, well, two years of high school ball. Because once I got done GN, I went back to St. V, coached JV. So two years of high school ball, GA, two years at um, – University of Akron. It's something I want to do. I want to coach college basketball at that time. So I felt like it was an opportunity. So I went out there, uh, enjoyed it, man. It, it actually kind of reminded me of Fairmont. Small town, not much to do, uh, but I ended up enjoying uh, the opportunity to coach. We played in an awesome conference in the CIAA, the HBCU conference. We were the only non-HBCU in it. And it was just great atmospheres, great talent, man, uh, great athleticism. And um, I enjoyed it. But I, I kind of felt like I started hitting my ceiling, honestly. Uh, when him and the other assistant went out to recruit, I had to stay on campus and and run the, the academic portion, run study halls, make sure kids was going to class, um, stuff like that. You know, I went there wanting to coach, but I ended up going there and doing a lot of administration work and not knowing mm -hmm. that's what kind of prepared me for this athletic director position, which I, I didn't love at the time, but I ended up appreciating during that time and understanding if I did the administration part, that he can concentrate on coaching and do what he needed to do. So getting the hotel room, the food, uh, helping with schedule, learning how to do schedule, ordering gear, stuff like that, invoices, stuff like that. I got prepared for that in those two years. Um, and I'm proud to say my last year there, being over the academic portion of it, uh, we we won the award for the highest academics on the boys' side. We we had a 3.4 GPA, you know what I mean? And That's honestly, that was the best season he had at the time. So, you know, no no surprise. If you discipline in the classroom, it translates over to, to, to the playing surface, whatever, whether it be football, basketball, tennis. If you got some disciplined kids in the classroom and, and, and they can come out and play on the basketball court, you know, we, uh, we made it to the second round of the CIAA conference. Uh, but at that time, I was ready to get out of there. I felt like I hit my ceiling. I felt like I didn't have an opportunity to network and get out and meet other coaches. You know, I, I never went on to scout any of the kids. But when they came to campus, I was the one showing them around. I was the, the speaking point. I played with LeBron, played high school ball, GA, this, this, and this, played college football. Uh, but I was never able to go out and, and network and, and put an eye on talent or network with any coaches so I can expand and possibly get another job somewhere else. So I, I felt like I kind of hit, hit my ceiling. And uh, after a little controversy with pay and stuff like that, I started looking for jobs back home, man. And it was an opportunity to uh, coach Akron East. I'm from the east side of Akron, even though I went to St. Vincent, St. Mary. I had an opportunity to go to East, and I got the head coaching job at the high school there. Uh, so with that, I ended up uh, putting my two weeks in at the University of Tawan, ended up taking a job out at, uh, at East High School, came back. And it's funny, man. Uh, so I meet with the AD for the first time, trying to set up my schedule, my open gym, so we can start practice and stuff like that. And my phone is ringing off the hook. It's me and the, and the new girls coach. We come in at the same time. My phone's ringing off the hook. I'm thinking something wrong. And my girlfriend at the time, uh, I walk out and asked her, you know, uh, everything all right? What's going on? My sister-in-law called me. Uh, alumni of St. Viet called me, but I didn't pick up. So she's like, yeah, uh, your sister-in-law called and said that, the AD at St. Vincent St. Mary has just uh, stepped down. He's taking a job somewhere else, and they want you to apply. I'm like, oh, wow. 
okay, all right, well, let me hit you once I'm done. So I go back in there. So I'm meeting all the kids at East that's looking to play for me. Now, mind you, I coached a lot of them because I used to be the youth sports director at the YMCA after I graduated college just, you know, to make ends meet. So I had two jobs, yeah. uh, three jobs at once. I was doing mentoring, youth sports director. I thought I, I think I might have been working at the Urban League at the time. So with that, uh, I'm meeting all these kids. They're excited for me to be there. But in the back of my head, I'm like, wow, I got an opportunity to possibly be AD. I'm like, okay. You know, so I get out of there and I go with my friend Sheon's house because he lives right around the corner from East. And I tell him what happened. He's like, oh, that's a no-brainer. You know, I'm trying to tell him I'm mixed up. I don't know what to do. He's like, well, what, what's the job pay more? I'm like, well, AD. You know, he's like, well, that's a no-brainer. You got to take that job. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's, you know, what's, what we talking about. Oh, yeah. But one of my brother friends who coached college basketball, and I still felt like at the time I had a passion for coaching college basketball, he said, man, don't chase the money. Chase something you love and the money will follow. And that was just echoing in the back of my head, like, man, I can take this for the money, but I can do something I love, and I can walk on faith, and money going to find me. You know what I mean? Whether I get back into college basketball or something like that. So that night, it's heavy on my heart, heavy on my mind. I had a dream about it. And my mom had passed by that at that point. And she came to me in my dream, and she just asked me a simple question, like, where your heart at? You know, where's your heart at? And I have to be honest, I'm like, well, my heart is at St. V. You know, my heart was in coaching, but I felt like my heart was at St. V. And I, I thought in the back of my mind I potentially could be AD and coach during that time. And uh, she's like, well, that's, a, that's an easy decision. You know, follow your heart. And, you know, so I end up uh, going out for the AD job. Now, mind you, me being me, at first, I was a little hesitant. I didn't tell East that I was going for the job, and I was kind of stringing them along. Unbeknownst, you know, I was just scared to put that down and not know if I got the, the AD job, you know. Um, and so the head of, of athletic directors at, at Akron Public Schools called me and asked me if I was going for the job, and I told him, no, I lied. I have to be honest, I lied. But then I talked to my brother. He's like, no, you can't lie about it. you got to be honest and forthright. So I called and told him the truth. And I told him, what, like, if I didn't get the job, I wanted to coach. If I got the job, I would have to quit. And he was like, well, I can't really wait on that because these kids need a coach. That's not fair to them. Um, I'm like, well, I understand that. When I, I take my, 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 my hat out the thing, you know, I, I step down from that. So now I'm all in on that flag director at St. Vincent, St. Mary, man. And when I tell you, the day of the, the interview, I was, I had so much nervous energy. I ran like nine miles. You know what I mean? Like, I came back from North Carolina. I was running then. And I ran four miles. And then early in the morning, get up, run four miles. And then I went over my, my little checklist, what I'm going to talk about. I have my portfolio together, my branding book, stuff like that. Have, took uh, took my suit to the cleaners, got it out. And I came back and ran, enough, and ran another three miles. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and then mm -hmm. I'm still nervous. So then I go walk walk the rest, you know what I'm saying, up to nine miles. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm ready for this interview. And the funny thing is, it was the first day, Brian, the first series where the Cavs played the uh, the Warriors. It was the first day of it. So I go there. I get there 15 minutes early. And um, and when I get there, uh, the Big Sean song is playing, way up, I feel blessed. And so when I pull up to the school, mm -hmm. So I just sit there and listen to that whole song. And at that time, I felt like it was meant for me to get this job, and I knew I was going to get it, 
bullshit you not. You know what I'm saying? And it was just a sign from God to me at that point. So when I come in there, I get there early, I guess the person before me had left and the president comes sit next to me. He's like, oh, wow, man, you know, this, this, and this, man, we got the game going on tonight, this, this, and this. But I ain't worried about the game. I'm here for business. I'm here, I'm here for a reason. You know what I'm saying? So when I come in there, I'm dressed, you know, I got my suit, I'm pressed, I'm ready. Um, they like, oh, you look like you're ready for a photo shoot. Like, no, not yet. Not till I get the job. I'm here for a reason. You know what I'm saying? They trying to lighten it up. Like, no, I'm focused. I'm locked in. You know what I'm saying? I'm locked in. I, I, I need this. This is what I want. So, you know, uh, go through the interview process, man. I, I felt like I did well. You know, I felt like I was uh, prepared, you know, well prepared. Being an alumni, knowing the culture at the school helped me as well. And, um, and as I was leaving, the president walked me out. And the president kind of like, man, I ain't saying you got the job, but you got my vote, man. Good job. I feel, you know, give us some time. We'll follow up with you, this, this, and this. And, and you know, let me see. Because I, I interviewed in front of a panel. It was like the president, the principal, mm -hmm. uh, two coaches, the AD that's leaving, the football coach. You know, I interviewed in, in front of all of them. And it, it's just funny how God prepare you, man, because I've been on other interviews. I remember the first time I had a panel interview uh because I got the East job when I came back from coaching college. But before I went, I interviewed for it, and I didn't get the job. And I went in in front of a panel interview. Uh, now, mind you, it was my second time interviewing with them, and I didn't interview well. I didn't sell myself well enough. I felt like I didn't want to tell them the same thing I told them in the first interview. So I went kind of right, giving them details that was off the subject, but I should have continued to be me. Uh, and then the first time I went to a panel interview with the Urban League, I was sitting in front of a panel. All women was looking at me. And so I was prepared for that that instance when I went in front of them. Uh, and then I, I ended up getting a call uh, later that day saying that I, I uh, offered me the job, told me I couldn't share with anyone, and could we do breakfast the next morning. And then that's when it kind of really took off, man, honestly, to be honest. And that, that was six years ago. And um, once again, it's just funny how God put people in your life. I don't know if you remember Etheridge Ed Foster, Big E, from New Orleans. Yeah, uh, I remember Big E. Uh -huh. One of my good friends I'm yep. still in, in uh, contact with to the day, one of my brothers, man, he's going to be in my wedding. Uh, I'm so happy and, and elated. I shared with him, and I'm like, man, I made it. Just, you know, I got me a job. This, this, and this. He's like, whoa, this this ain't everything, man. This is still a stepping stone. This is a good step, but you you can go bigger than that. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, you just, you you know, you just got the Lincoln. You can still go get the Tesseror, Tesseract, whatever, you know what I'm saying? You, you still got, it's still more you can mm -hmm. do. So don't get too comfortable. And he just kind of put it in perspective for me before I even started. You know what I mean? So I'm in year six, man. I'm in a good place. I'm I'm comfortable. But I'm also looking to expand and, and take that next step and try try and grow as a person and an opportunity and employment, man. Uh, but I'm blessed to be where I am now. I'm happy where I am. But I also have to be where I am right now as a, a family and as a, as a future husband, uh, continue to look for growth, you know? Yeah, man. Shout out to E, man, and rest and rest in peace to his father, man. I saw his father pass a couple yes. of years ago. Yeah. But um, you said something interesting, man. Like um, me and my uncle, uh, my uncle does the Stolen Time podcast with me, and uh, my uncle's sixty nine. So there's a, you know, a wide difference of age there. So you know, you get the, you know, the old man wisdom, and then you get the young guy. You know what I'm saying? And like, we would go back and forth about the Rooney Rule, right? Uh -huh. So I'm making a correlation here. I'm getting there. So like. I'm a person who see how the NFL take advantage of the Rooney rule. You know what I'm saying? They just basically pull a black guy in just to get that interview out the way because they already got a coach in mind that they want. So he's from the age of affirmative action. So uh -huh. he's like, 
he looks at it more like, well, now that they at least get in the interview, at least they know how the interview process goes. So when they go into the interview, they know what to expect. Mm -hmm. So he was like, they're getting experience from even though they might not get the job. He was like, they're getting the experience of how to handle the interview and like listening to what you saying with you going through that process already, you know, being in front of a panel, you know, seeing the mistakes that you made the first time around. You knew not to make them the second time around, but if you never would have got that first one, who knows how the one with St. Vincent St. Mary would have went. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yes. Um, I, I think it's a lot of truth to that, man. And, and it's funny you say that because we went on the friends a couple's trip this summer uh, with my friend Romeo, Drew, uh, and their wives, me and my fiance. And, you know, now mind you, they are umpteen year pros overseas. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. 15, 16, 17 year pros. Now, Romeo is still playing. But Drew is uh, assistant at Cleveland State University men's basketball team. And they kind of spoke about interviews and stuff like that because they've never went through them. You know what I mean? Now, Grant, mm -hmm. my, mind you, these are men that I, I respect. They put in the work. They're, they were able to do something that they love to do. And they have great deal of experience in different avenues, but not when it came to interviewing. So we often spoke about um, – and I have I have a different perspective as well because I've went through many interviews at this point in my life, but I also hold interviews and, and hire coaches. So they kind of mm -hmm. spoke to uh, their experience or their lack thereof experience and what they uh, potentially should look for and stuff like that. Uh, but so so that's interesting. It it, it is it's, it's a lot of truth to it. If you've never been through stuff, your comfort level is definitely rangy you know you, you may not be as comfortable or you may be a natural you may be well prepared you're going into an interview on something that you are well versed in or you can be going into something that you need to gain experience in you may not have the confidence going into it you see what i'm saying so with that i hear you man i i i guess i'm, I'm kind of in the middle with that I, I hear what you're saying with the rooney rule where they just pulling african-americans in there to say they interviewed them and not really interested in them but on the flip side, that experience that that African-American is gaining, when that one day it does come for them to have that opportunity, they will first because they had experience to go through that that interview process. So indirectly, they are helping that individual grow. But on the other side, it could be bullshit because they're not even really interested and they're just trying to meet that quota. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a, it's yep. a gray area. It's a very thin line. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I think it's, it's something that, that could be improved on. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think with all the African-Americans uh, that's playing in the league and, and competing and, and making money for all these franchises, not to have a, a leader in, in the locker room or maybe not even a head coach and different, you know, other uh, coordinators and stuff like that. It, it's hard to believe it's not uh, more minorities in there coaching, coaching and, mm -hmm. and they have the experience. They played in the league. They, they have, they know what a good coach is like. They know what a bad coach is like. They can go in and implement. So that, that's a tough one right there. But I know for me, man, I, I think after I look back on that interview, which was probably the biggest interview to date, um, I think <clears throat> I leaned on the, the experiences I had before of getting jobs and not getting jobs and how to go in there confidently and stuff like that and, and, own, and own the moment, man, and be able to sell myself. And, and once again, like I shared earlier, the, the experience I went through at Chawan, even though it um, I, I grew a lot. I learned. I took a lot from it. It wasn't the most ideal spot. Um, uh, I I learned the administration side of it. And I could speak to that when I came in on and have an opportunity to be the athletic director of St. V. Uh, I felt like I did a lot of the stuff that was necessary. I just did it for one team 
on a collegiate level, mind yeah. you. And I think I, I, I was able to do it for, at that time, 24 athletic teams uh, on the high school level. You know what I mean? And I spoke confidently about that. And, um, you know, I got them to believe that I believed in myself. Yeah, that's what's up, man. And then, like, the – so, you know, you so you talked about your recruitment process and all that type of stuff and the things that, that you had to go through, the decisions that you had to make and all of that type of stuff. So what is, like, the feeling now, you know what I'm saying, you being, you know, seasoned and you went through the things you went through, now you're actually helping kids get into college. So, like, what is that feeling of, like, being an AD for six years and then it's, like, now – you got these, you know, kids who are actually banking on having a good athletic, you know, director to get them into school. So what is that feeling being part of these kids' life and getting them into college? Man, it's, it's very rewarding, man. It's very rewarding. Um, and, and now, mind you, when you say helping get, get them getting into college, I don't feel like I have that responsibility. Now, I do whatever I can to help and put them in contact with my coaches, but I think I am – only as good as my coaches. I think I have some tremendous coaches at St. V that's committed to helping these kids prepare for college and help them get there as well as a school that's helping them prepare academically and counselors that's helping them. So I don't necessarily think I'm the bridge to get them to college, but I, I feel like I'm, I'm the bridge to help some of these kids get into St. V and, and stay on them and show that they have someone there um, that that's supporting them and helping helping them be the best people to, and holding them accountable for their actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think our coaches, our administration, and our counselors do a great job of helping them get to college. Now, in that, it's it's very rewarding to see a kid come in wet behind the ears as a freshman and, and watch them grow over four years and receive a college scholarship because that's really what they want to do. Now, I, I think my only credit to that is helping their coaches, um, you know, obviously prepare for schedules, get, get to – uh, places on time and helping them on that avenue, which indirectly helps a student athlete. Um, but also, you know, I, I have an amazing assistant. I, I can't do this alone. I have an amazing assistant that, that I tag team with that are, uh, you know, looking over kids' grades, helping them understand that you need to turn their homework, stuff like that. So little avenues like that, we, we try and, and bridge the gap in channels like that. Uh, but, but it man, it's probably the most rewarding thing to – uh, to be on signing day and you see all these student athletes go on to college and have opportunity to continue their collegiate career. And, you know, we, we've been to college, man, even though it wasn't the ideal spot, it was probably the, some of the best times of our lives. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, yeah. And to have them go off and, and uh, see uh, what, what, what that experience is like. And we have a great alumni matter. So a, a lot of alumni come back, man. I think that's what makes St. V so special. They, it keeps it going because people come back and can share their experiences there and really help these kids really get excited to, to can't wait to have that opportunity to go into college, man. And I love to see student athletes come back and, and uh, come to games or want to work out the facilities and stuff like that, man. It's, it's probably the most rewarding part of the job, honestly, even though I can't take credit for helping them get to college, uh, more so probably helping some student athletes get in the same V. But then I, I think our coaches and our administration take them the rest of the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And But then you know I'm saying – you're making some of the hires, though. You know right, what I'm saying? So right. you might not be indirectly, but, you know, like you're part of the bridge. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. No, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so what are, what are the other things that you're, like, doing in the community? Like, you said some things earlier about being involved in, like, the uh, the Urban League and all that type of stuff. So are you still doing things in the community? Yes, I am. I, I'm proud to say I am, man. I think my second year back, man, I got nominated for the Be Me Award, which is a community award. Um, just for things I was doing in the community at the time, I, I, 
Um, I am a uh, mentor right now with the East Akron YMCA, which I've been doing over 12 years. So I, I mentor right now. Um, and I got nominated for that award for mentoring, for being a sports director at, uh, well, being the athletic director at the time, because I got it once I came back from coaching college ball uh, at St. Vincent St. Mary. And I ended up winning, man. It was a $10,000 grant, and it was under the Barack Obama initiative, My Brother's Keeper. And the initiative really was, Instead of giving funds out to people to do something in the community, they want to give funds out to people that were already doing something in the community and to continue to help them grow. And so I won that award my, my second year or first year back from coaching college ball, first year at St. V. So with that $10,000, I started a nonprofit organization called the Dale Program. And it's an acronym. It was named after my mother, Dale Jean McGee. And it's an acronym for Discipline, Athletics, Leadership, and Education. So with that, we... Uh, I'm so busy during the school year. All my programming is normally during the summertime. So I have a back-to-school drive that I've been doing uh, probably for the last five years. I've teamed up. Uh, and one of the things I learned, when I won the award, I had to go to D.C. for the workshop. And it really, because I really didn't know what it was about. And it, it really expanded my horizon with, with, uh, because it was based out of Akron, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and Miami. And um and they brought people back who formally won the award. I think I was in the third year of it. So they brought back two years of people that won it before from those cities and the people who, who got nominated and won that present year. And it really just showed me a lot of African-Americans that were doing amazing things in their community, man. And and it, it was inspiring. It was an honor to, to win that award, man. And so when I got a chance to get my $10,000, um, working with the local BME representative, Ace. Uh, he helped me kind of groom it into the, my nonprofit organization. And that's when I came up with naming it after my mother and, and really just tried to uh, build it on, on the things that, that helped me get to where I am. Discipline, athletics was my driving force. Leadership, I always wanted to be a leader. I was never a follower, you know what I mean? Even um, going through uh, some of the issues that I had academically moving from Chicago and having to go to special ed, I, I never followed nobody. I was always my own person. I always knew who I was. Uh, and then the educational component, man, I, I think uh, I think that was the biggest one, uh, overcoming my issues in education were my obstacles becoming opportunities for me to excel and, and grow my confidence and stuff like that uh, in education, man. I think those are the four pillars, uh, obviously, and, and it being engulfed in my mother's name meant everything for me. But I, I do a back-to-school drive. Uh, I've done many things over the year. I've, I've done workshops for, for kids. Uh, you know, I've done things for, for ladies, etiquette, et, etiquette classes and things like that this past year uh, with with the coronavirus going on, uh, a lot of the kids can only get fed during the school school year. Uh, but once they went on break, Christmas break and spring break and stuff like that, the schools didn't feed them. So me teaming up with other organizations, we were able to feed kids, over 100 kids for for a week while they were out of school, you know, things like that for spring break. And I think it was like uh, two and a half weeks during winter break and stuff like that, uh, teaming up with other organizations. So definitely stuff like that. Uh, and that's trying to get back and, and trying to improve my community and try and be uh, what my brother and my coaches were for me growing up. You know, so I, I try and use my Dell program as that as that avenue to help uh, people in the community, whether it be families, children, things like that, putting them in connection with other resources and that's trying to get them wrap around services where they need uh, mental health uh, 
counseling or something like that. I, I have I know people that I've worked with if they need uh, food in the home. I have a relationship with the food bank, trying to get them fed, things like that. Uh, if they need, obviously need school supplies, uh, trying to, uh, I'm looking to do a, a financial literacy class this summer uh, coming up. I've done obviously youth camps. I've done baseball uh, camps for kids where free camps so kids can come in and get experience from high school coaches from the community. Then I take, we have here at Akron, we have uh, the Cleveland double uh, A team, the Akron rubber ducks. Uh, so they have a nice field. So I get them to possibly that may be the first baseball game they go to. They get to go to the back cages at St. Vincent, St. Mary. Uh, I've held three on three uh, tournaments with uh, United Disability Services and, and gave kids opportunities to come in and, and participate in those and try and keep them active throughout the summer and stuff. So all the while, uh, still uh, having people come in to talk to them, different people in the community, African-Americans, and, you know, all on the pillars, discipline, athletics, leadership, and education. Yeah, that's what's up, man. How, how difficult was that, you know, during this pandemic, during the COVID? How was it difficult to be able to keep a lot of that stuff going on? It, it was difficult. We had to get creative, honestly. Uh, we, we were unable to do the back-to-school drive this year because they, they didn't go to school. They were doing it online. So this is the first year in five years that we didn't do the back-to-school drive. So with that, uh, we, we ended up uh, doing essential giveaways. So we were giving away soap. Uh, masks, hand sanitizer. We got stuff like that donated. I teamed up with other uh, uh, community organizations and, and was giving away essential goods. And then it came to over Christmas break, we start uh, teaming up with uh, one of my, my family, not my family, one of my good friends who mother owns a, a restaurant. So we gave away uh, Coney dogs and chips and drinks and fruit and stuff like that. Uh, and also uh, essential goods and stuff. So we, we had to get creative, man. Uh, but I, I think I work with a great team that that have the the insight of having to feel on the community and what they need. Even though we couldn't do what we planned on doing, there was still needs in the community, and we were able to, to fill in those gaps. That's what's up, man. Sounds like you got a great team of people with you, man. That's that's what's up. Y'all doing great work, man. I appreciate also, that. Also, man, man. Uh, so more than a game. Um, so, you know, that came out of uh, 2008, and, like, so – when it comes to more than a game, was this a situation where, you know, you recognize how important your y'all's high school run was? So and then all of the filming and the cameras around, did you knew this was something that was going to happen? It was just a matter of when or what? No, not at all. Honestly, man, this all started um, our senior year. So we had lost our junior year. So we got a little tighter our senior year. We had all the media in the hoopla our junior year. So our coach was very cautious uh, with us our senior, obviously with, with LeBron being on the team and all the accolades and all the success that we had the three previous years and us losing our junior year state championship. You know, we, we, we tried to stay focused our, our senior year. But it was um, a Walsh University student, which is a D2 school here uh, in Canton, Ohio, and he was locally from Akron. He reached out to coach and asked if he, he had a – uh, a little short film he had to do for his class. And he asked if he could come in and do it on us. And Coach Unbeknownst, he was really the only media uh, allowed in that year. He came in and, and Coach allowed him to do it. And he was a good guy, man. He, he was a cool guy. He was down to earth and he was young. So we we were we were comfortable around him. So he Coach let him on the bus, come in the locker rooms at times, and we were just able to be ourselves. Um, and that's really where it all started. And not until... Uh, maybe midway through our freshman year, 
he reached out to us and, and kind of spoke to like, man, this could be a great documentary. Uh, uh, people seen my film and they, they thought that, you know, we, this, this thing could grow. What did you all think? And obviously I, man, I thought it'd be great. Rome and Drew thought it'd be great. He actually came to West Virginia with someone and, and took me, Wendell and Nick out to eat to Outback and kind of spoke to what his vision was for making this movie come alive. And, uh, but he didn't have a connection with LeBron. So we kind of pitched it to LeBron. Uh, well, no, honestly, at first we sent him to Maverick, which is his manager and Maverick mm -hmm. really initially, uh, didn't see the vision on it. So he, he really didn't, didn't, uh, take it and run with it, honestly, but us being friends with LeBron, we went, really went to Brian and, and spoke to him, uh, from a friendship perspective, like, man, you need to lay eyes on it and see what you think. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and, and get get a perspective on him. I think he, he we, we think he got some here and uh, he got some good footage. And he says, you know, it could really come alive with all the pictures and memorabilia and uh, home videos that we have, we gave to him. He can compile it and really make it happen. And I, I remember that like, like yesterday. So LeBron laid eyes on it and he seen the vision and then Maverick got on board and, and really took off from there. And, and LeBron is, you know, kind of spoke to, he doesn't necessarily want to be a part of something. He, or, or want to be in something. He want to be a part of it. So then his Spring Hill film took off, and they kind of ran it through that and joined it. And then anything Brian touches, it, it takes off. Interscope was a part of it. Coca Cola, you know what I mean? And and um, the little film went into the film uh, Toronto Film Festival. Took off. We went on. I think it was a nine city tour. I was able able only to go to five of them here in the states. I think it was Akron, Baltimore, Chicago, New York, and Los Angeles. But they end up going to China and France and all that. But I was in, in school getting my master's, so I couldn't go overseas with them. But, uh, and, you know, anything Brown touches, it, it just explodes. And, and that's kind of how more than the game took, took off, honestly. Uh, so to say when it first was presented to us, like, yeah, I did think it could be something big. But I didn't know how big it – I didn't know if it would get to this point, honestly, if I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, uh, but, you know, after going through the process and – and seeing it, it was really unbelievable, man. Everybody uh, was all in. We we gave them, you know, a lot of that stuff. They didn't start filming that when we were younger. That was all home video that they cut up and, and put animation in mm -hmm. and made it come to life, man. And and it was just a great film. Chris Bellman did a great job. I, kudos to him really making it come come alive. And, you know, Interscope put the music on there. And, and you know, it, 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 it took off. It was hot fire. Oh yeah, that it was. It was. It was so wild to be like, you know, like to go back and watch it, and then like, what? Because I told you know, like a few of the guys that's part of my team. I was like, yo, I was like, you know, I reached out to Willie, and he said that he would agree to do it. And I was like, but the thing about Willie, I was like, like the whole time I was at Fairmont State, he never said anything about playing high school ball with LeBron. Uh -huh. And I was like, that just seemed like a type of dude who was just like, yo, I'm not that that whole Howard story. Uh -huh. That makes sense. That makes sense because, like, when you were there, you never said anything about it. You didn't act a certain way. You were just another dude on campus, right? And like, but but what you went through, as far as like a high school career, I mean, like, you was like a full fed celebrity. You had to be at Saint Vincent Saint Mary. So, like, what was it like being like just a a, a flat out celebrity man, like in your hometown, like that? Um, man, it, it's it's um it's humbling, man. It, it's humbling. And, you know, I, I guess I always kept stuff in perspective, man. I, I wasn't LeBron. You know, I wasn't LeBron. LeBron was LeBron. 
I, I was a piece of the puzzle and I, and I understood my role and, you know, I, I felt it was valuable. Let me say that. Um, but I, I was always me, man. I was always me. Uh, but the, but the run that we went on was amazing, man. It, uh, it, it Playing with LeBron and being a part of that team opened doors for me that that you know I, I possibly may never open again. It, it offered experiences to me and, and put me around people that I, I I may never be around again. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe around later, but it was experience uh, that that was amazing. You know, uh, and it, it was just amazing uh, going to sold out arenas. You know, selling out uh, UCLA Arena, Pauley Pavilion, selling out Ohio State Arena. Uh, Value City selling out the Gund Arena, the Cleveland Cavs Arena. It was just an amazing experiences uh, coming in and the team you playing and all of you. You know, won the game before you even played. You know what I mean? Uh, to celebrities coming into coming into the locker room, uh, selling out uh, uh, the the venue in Pittsburgh and Jerome Bettis and Plasco Birds coming in to you know traveling with LeBron going to Vegas and and going to. Uh, Jay-Z's concert, Jay-Z and Rihanna concert, then going backstage with them. You know what I mean? Uh, going to 50 Cent concert, meeting 50. Like, man, it was just it, uh, meet Beyonce at All-Star Weekend. It's just, you know, it's stuff that, that was really amazing, man. Um, but our motto was always, man, act like you've been there before, man. You know what I mean? So you you never make stuff bigger than what it is. And, you know, you are where you're supposed to be. So um, great experiences. I mean, Stuff I never really bragged about or shared or felt like just because I went through it, I, it made me better than somebody else I was around. It just made me who I, who I was, man, honestly. And, you know, the friends and people I hung out with, they knew. And, you know, really everybody on campus knew. But that don't mean I'm, I'm somebody I'm not. You still got to get to know me. And, and granted, it, it it's a great icebreaker. You know what I mean? It's a great icebreaker when you meet people, you you know, they already know and you got conversation, you can talk and, and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, just always taking stuff for what it what it is, man, not make it, making it bigger than what it is, but not diminishing it at all, man. I, I'm blessed to have those opportunities that have, have Brian as one of my brothers and, and, and share those experiences with me, you know. Uh, but it was, a, it, it was an amazing time, man. Honestly, it, it is hard to uh, be sponsored by Nike in high school and taking pl planes and, and buses to places. Then you come to Fairmont and you sponsored by Rawlings and we taking buses everywhere <laughs> to the planes. Like, man, it, it's different. You know what I mean? I, I can't even hold it. I'm going to keep it a bit a bit with you, man. It, it's different. You know, it, it's, um, you know, uh, but it's, you know, it, it's experiences, man. Everybody ain't got those experiences, you know, uh, Drew and Rome went to uh, Akron. They won the same experience as high school. That That's a very unique experience. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, Sheon went to Ohio State and had some of those amenities, but it wasn't the same experience as high school, man. And it it was um, it, it was something that, that, that made me who I am, man. It really expanded my horizons, you know, opportunities to travel and see the world and, and meet people and help them understand. And help me understand that they the same as me, you know, meeting celebrities that that have, you know, some of the same likes and dislikes as me, but they still human. You know, I think uh, a lot, a lot of things in this day and age, you make people bigger than what they really are. You know what I mean? Because they're on mm -hmm. the tube, but they, they tie their shoes just like you. They got to eat. They got to shit. They got to sleep just like you, or they ain't going to be regular. You know what I'm saying? They are just gifted with a talent that a lot of people ain't gifted. You know what I mean? And in those, I've met a lot of people that have, 
uh, taking advantage of their their opportunities, and some that had that opportunity that didn't take advantage of it, and and have had to scale back because they weren't able to to maintain that lifestyle or or uh, uh, nurture their talent to the fullest. So it's it's a very to be who I am and, and keep stuff in perspective and be the best person I can be. You know what I mean? You can't be LeBron. Yeah. You can't be Drew. All I can be is Willie, and that's who I am. And I'm, I'm a uh, I'm a humble, hardworking, uh, loving, confident guy, man. You know what I'm saying? You you know you can't come around and tell me that's because you got this, this, and this. You better than me. I don't believe it. You know what I'm saying? And I can't. I, and I would never do that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, Always for sure. For something. You know, don't don't fall into the crowd. Know know who you are. Stuff like that. Yeah, man. Like it. It had to be. Cause like down like from like you know watching you know more than the game, oh you can't. Uh uh. Oh man, I went out. You had went out for a second, but I'm guessing um. It's still on. Can you hear me? Yeah. I can't hear you though. It it went black for a minute, then came back. So I don't know what happened. Okay. All right. Is it still rolling? Audio. You say a song. How about now? Can you hear me? No. Oh, man. Hold on. Wait a minute. Let me try something right quick. What about now? I can see and hear you. Can you hear me now? I'm not sure. Hold on. Let me try something right quick. And if you call me back, it would. What about now? Anything? Mm-mm. All right. You, you back out and then come back. You want me to leave and come and you call me back? Okay, I hit leave. All right. All right, y'all going through a couple of technical difficulties here. Definitely going to get this thing back up and going. Um, You know, I keep it rolling, man. Like, this is definitely a great interview. Willie's doing phenomenal job speaking on some of these things, man. This is definitely a great opportunity to have this you know, this type of caliber person on the pod, man. All right. Let's try this again. Okay. I got you now. You got me? Yep. All right. Cool. Cool. Um, But what I was saying was like, man, there had to be, you know, a definitely a huge cultural shock, you know, to be, to be on that level, like in high school, and then you know to go down. It's like people really you don't know how much they unless you've been there, especially oh. the time that we was there. Like they they got to come up, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like because yeah, it was some stuff. Now. Yeah, it it looks good, but still, like I remember um, Mark telling me that like the pants that we got came from his high school down really? at Fremont State's high school. Yeah, not Fremont State, but uh, Florida State's high school. Not even not even like the junior. Nothing like the high school because Mark went to Florida State's private high school, uh-huh. and he was like, "That's where they got our pants for for games." Hey, now so, that's crazy because they sold me on. I thought those were Florida State old pants, 
but you say they was the high school fans? <laughs> that was the high school fans. <laughs> that's, a, that's what Mark was telling me. So it's just like, you know, you coming from that type of situation yeah. to going into, you know, well, coming from where you was coming from and then also playing with somebody like at the caliber player that LeBron was. It's just like, I mean, because I remember – I don't remember if uh well you weren't on my team, but did you ended up get on doing some of the intramural games? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I played intramurals. We won two years. Then I lost I, I I dislocated my shoulder my last year and we lost, but we won two years in a row. Yeah, like we had put together one team. Oh, I can't remember who was all on my team, but like so you know, I played like a year or whatnot, but then it's like also when you when you on the court with just like dudes that are just balling and it's like, dude, I just played with, you know what I'm saying? The the person that's considered like literally like the best person, right? You know what I'm saying to play ball. And it's just like, and then like even a person like him, and to like see like the microscope that they had put on y'all as like high school students, because like you were just in it by default because you was on the team, and not only not on the team, but like you've been playing AAU ball since what it was 13, wasn't it? Well, yeah, no, I for, we played rec ball together. We we've been playing, we have been playing together since eight to ten. Yeah, so I mean, we I've oh, been playing man, with Brian for years. Honestly, then we had a gap. We didn't play for two years, and I came back and started playing with him sixth grade year. Um, but man, it, it, it's funny, man. It's funny we did a lot of winning. But me and Marlon got into it one day, and he he told me I wasn't doing enough on the team, and told me what other people were saying at the uh, intramurals and stuff like that. And uh, about all oh, he played with Brian, he's not this, this, and this. I'm like, man, we winning games. What, what, who I gotta be? I don't gotta be LeBron. I don't gotta. I'm doing. First of all, I'm doing better than you. So how can you tell me who I'm not? So if I'm not, <laughs> if I'm not who I'm supposed to be, who are you? First of all, don't tell me what another person told you. You know what I'm saying? Tell me what you're doing. You know what I mean? Because half the stuff you getting is because of me. You know what I'm saying? Like I can try and go be something I'm not, but I'm trying to win games. Do what it takes to win games. We had a team, you you make shots, I'm kicking the ball to you. If you ain't making shots, I ain't kicking it to you. You know what I'm saying? But don't really don't forget who who the ball yeah. coming from, you know. Uh so it, it's funny, man. Everybody got different perspective. You played when you supposed to have been better than who you were and stuff like that. But we winning games. I'm getting I'm getting my money. We winning, we scoring. Um, but everybody, you know, everybody got and that's the thing. If you fall into trying to do what other people expect or you want you to do then you you never who you are i'm who i am you know what i'm saying and and at the end of the day i'm all about winning man you know what i'm saying so if you need me to score i'm gonna score you need me to rebound distribute i'm gonna, I'm gonna rebound distribute i'm gonna do what the team need me to do you know what i'm saying uh but intermills was a great time man great uh time filler once uh the season was over and trying to stay in some shape for real uh competitive i enjoy intermills man i think we played three years or something like that uh but good times man uh but like you said, man, when you when you play with one of the best uh, players ever to lace them up, uh, you know it, it's uh, it, it it gives you an air of confidence that you can walk in any room and 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 belong and things like that. But you also uh, got to remember who you are and, and where you came from, and you know, uh, like you said, it's 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 hard, or like I said earlier, it's hard to come from being sponsored by Adidas and getting Nike stuff and traveling then coming to West Virginia, but you have to uh, get gr grips of who you are and where you at and make the best of it. You know what I mean? I was still proud to be on scholarship for free and playing college ball. And, and it comes a time once you're in college, man, everybody get there. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, if you're not 
becoming a pro, you you working like everybody else, making money, trying to provide for your family, man. Coming out, you don't went D1, you don't went D2, but you working with somebody that was D3, making the same money and and trying to provide and, and clocking in, clocking out every day. And even the ones that, that's made a pro, they doing the same thing, man. It, it ain't easy getting up every day, putting your body through that and having to perform at a high level. And, you know, that, you know, people think it look easy and, you're on, and you're getting paid well, but, you know, it, it's still some pressure on you. You know what I'm saying? So everybody, everybody doing their part, trying to be the best them and, and putting it. At the end of the day, you can't cheat work, man. You're putting the work in and you get out, you get out of it what you put in it. Oh, yeah, man. I ended up, I broke my wrist in, in the mirror ball, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Going too hey, hard. Man. man, we was, man, we was, man, we was dusting somebody, man. And like, um, so I come on a fast break, you know what I'm saying? They get me on the fast break. And like I'm the person, like I'm going through like anxiety of like, oh, what type of dunk I'm gonna do? I gotta do something because when this fast break is different, you know, what I'm uh -huh. saying? you gotta do something. Uh -huh. So I'm going through my mind what I want to do, and then I just end up going one hand, and then I changed my mind and went two, and my momentum was going so fast. So you know when you dunk, like you kind of gotta swing yourself back so you don't fall right. awkwardly. Right. Well, while I swung myself back, I slipped off the rim. Oh. And then like I landed. Like, you know, like you're doing like a push up. Like I use my hands to brace my fall. Uh -huh. And so I'm thinking I'm good still. I'm like, oh, I'm good. You know, everybody like, you straight. I'm like, I'm straight. I seen a little bit of stars, but I ain't telling nobody. Right. And so. Football player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm thinking I'm all good. And so before I went to bed, I'm like, man, like my wrist hurt. And then I wake up, man. It's like it's like a baseball in there. But I mean, my wrist was swole up. And then I ended up going through an orthopedic and he was just like. He's like, yo, he's like, I mean, you, you know, you fractured a bone in your wrist. He was like, it's actually the worst bone you can put it in. And at the time, I fractured the same bone that Steve Slayton did. Oh, really? From yeah. West Virginia? Right. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. I went to the same doctor in Morgantown that he went to. Uh -huh. And he was like, man, you could do what he did. He was like, we could put two pins in it. You could be back on the field. Uh, he was like, oh, we could go with this cast. You know, you have to wear a cast for six months. And then, like, at the time, you know, the girl was pregnant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I had some money issues. And then it was just like, man, do, do I mean, should I take care of this child or should I try to get the surgery and keep playing ball? Right. So like, man, you know what? I'm just going to put the pads down, uh -huh. take care of this kid, get a job and all that type stuff. But but in the mules, man, it, it was a time. But, hey, it got competitive out there. Oh, it was competitive. You got you got most kids that can play, they can't play. That that that's competing and think they good, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I never had them dunking problems. I want dunking like that. I a two points was two points for me, but you know, uh, yeah, it was highly competitive for real. Oh yeah, man, those those were the times, man. But it's it's got to be like um, like you know, when when it comes to like playing ball, man, like something that you love, you know. And then to be able to be in the circle, you know, what I'm saying the circles that you're around, because like, dude, we actually think, you know, very similar to about like the way I feel about like, because I've always tell people like, if you know, I've never really met a lot of celebrities, you know, what I'm saying, been to a couple of comedy shows, you know, has some, you know, MVP, well, not MVP, but uh, VIP tickets, you know, met guys backstage and like all them coolest for like the coolest people I ever met is Carlos Miller, DC, uh, Young Fly, and Chico being like they like the most down to earth dudes, man. Like we were backstage chopping it up, man. Carlos and Chico, they did a video for my son because my son loves uh, Wildin' Out. 
Uh-huh. And so I was like, yo, it'll make my son day if y'all made a little video saying, you know, what's up to him. Man, it took my phone, made the video for him, all that stuff. So, like, that was really cool. But, like, just the fact of, like, I look at it like, yo, y'all shit just like I do. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, y'all y'all are, y'all are regular people. Y'all just got more talent and y'all made it to an area that I didn't make it in. And like, and for you to actually be in that circle and like you, you know, you ramble off a list of like people that you've been around, but then at the same day, you like, yo, you ain't better than me just because you either got more talent or you got more money and all that type of situation. Absolutely. You, you, you gotta have that confidence in yourself, man. First and foremost, and understand, man, everybody human, man, everybody human. And I, I think that that really all just started when, when we competed in athletics, man, I don't care who you are or where you come from. You have to compete today. You know what I'm saying? You ain't played me yet. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, granted, you know, people are gifted, but shit. You know, you still got to compete. And or, you know, when you come in, in line, man, you know, uh, you, you got you got a range of people with, with emotions and how they feel and how they carry themselves and stuff like that. I like to be around real people, man. I like to be around re- real people, but I can deal with any and everybody. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and the ability to, to sometimes you, you got to be the one to humble them. You know what I mean? But the, the reality of it is, man, as long as you know who you are when you step in the room, it shouldn't matter who you're in there with. You know what I'm saying? Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, the ability to hold a conversation, articulate feelings and stuff like that, that can come with it with experience or comfort levels and stuff. But the ability just to, you know, to be able to mingle or, or sit down or be around people, man, it's, it's and, and really you just learning people. Everybody different. You know, they may be cocky conceited this this and this but but you can hey you can be around some people that don't got nothing they never did nothing they still be cocky and conceited you know what i'm saying that's, oh yeah that's you know what I'm yeah saying? That's, that's a person's personality you know what i'm saying but how do you deal with that you know how do you combat that how you, you know what i'm saying this this and this so sometimes you gotta meet people where they at you know shit i you know i, I got stuff i can talk about but you know that don't make me yeah. no better than you know. But shit, we hey, we can talk shit, swallow spit any time of the day. You know, shit. Yes, sir. That's part of that's part of the good game. You know. Yeah, man. Hey, sincerely, man. Like you know, you uh, like all the work that you're doing, man, in your community and all the things that you've done. You know, since college, man. You like you definitely you winning out in life. You know, you helping kids. People don't understand like you know the significance of like being who you were. You know, what I'm saying in the Akron area you know, playing on the team that you played for, the people that you met to come back and help your community the way you are. Man, I want to commend you for that. I mean, you're definitely a real one. Um, like I say, down-to-earth person. Like, I remember one guy, we played football with a guy who brother was in the major leagues. You yeah, know what I'm saying? And, yeah, man. And, you know, I mean, he, he never – I mean, he never done anything to me personally, but, you know, I seen him talk to some people before and it was – you know what I mean? It was like, you know what I'm saying? You ain't your brother, but right. you know what right. I mean? <laughs> no, that's but, real. That's real. Yeah, but but you know what I'm saying? But you but you are a real dude, man, to, to have played with, you know what I'm saying, the greatest player to lay some up. And I'm not saying that because you're on here. I've always been a huge LeBron James fan. Like, I, I big him up on the podcast all the time. You know, I, I've gotten to a point where it's just like, you know, when, when you – because, like, we all the same age. And it's like, dude, like, when you get older, when you get our age, you start being like, Yo, you have to appreciate somebody's greatness. You know right. what I'm saying? Oh, no, you absolutely and like, right, man. And, and like, like that's why I am like, because now I, I think that it, it depends on what the situations are. I got different. I I view the game a little different, like, because 
one person I appreciate what he do, but you know, I, I don't think he's the greatest, but like a lot of people said Tom Brady's the greatest. I'm like, to me, he's not. You know right. what I mean? To me, I just I just view differently. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I use the eye test and I just don't think that he's just as great. I'm I'm saying that to say, you know what I'm saying, like a, a guy like LeBron, like, you know, the things that he do not only on the court, but off the court. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Are phenomenal. But like you're doing those things, but it's not as publicized. It's not probably as the biggest, you know, it's not on that level. I mean, this this man built the school, you right. know what I'm saying? So, but the things that you're doing, it's, it's, it's all part of the chess piece, man. And yeah. I wanted to, you know, commend you for that, man. You know, from what I can see from afar, you're doing a great job. And um, anytime I can get anybody, you know, on the podcast, like I appreciate anybody who jump on the podcast, like, right. you know, uh, especially like when it comes to the Stolen Time podcast, like I, I came up with that name by saying that like this this podcast world, man, is, is it's a lot of podcasts, a lot of celebrities, a lot of athletes got podcasts. Uh-huh. And when I started this uh, four years ago, you know, I, I had this thing in my head of, well, if you took the time out of your day to listen to my podcast, I didn't earn your time. I've stolen your time. Right. So that's how I came up with the name, that's the Stolen dope. Time podcast. So, you know, for anybody to come on, I'm, I'm truly appreciative. But for you to come on, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I've been seeing from afar. We haven't, you know, been in contact or nothing like that. And for you to come on, man, I truly appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, I, man. I appreciate I appreciate the opportunity, man. Like I said, man, uh, you know, want me on and invite me means everything to me, man. You know, like I'm, you can you can have anybody on here, man. I'm, I'm, I'm clocking in, clocking out daily like everybody else, man. Like we opened up before you even start recording, man. The grind don't stop, man. I'm just trying to be better today than I was yesterday. And, you know, I don't want my my claim to fame just to be what I did in high school and who I played with, man. I want to continue uh, to grow and be present um, and be relative in the moment here and, and share my family and, and my city and my community, stuff like that, man. And, and I think it's opportunities out here uh, for everyone to be present if you're willing to put the work in and have the vision. Uh, to, to see the opportunities and be able to fill in the gaps, man. So I appreciate you having me on, man. If you need anything moving forward or if you're around the city or, you know, you got your guy in Dayton, if you're around, man, let me know. We can get together, man. All right, man, for sure, man. I'm going to hold you to that. And I appreciate you coming on, Willie, man. You're a straight-up, stand-up guy. I appreciate everything that you're doing out here in the community. And uh, until the next time, man, we got we got to stay we got to stay in contact a little bit more, man. Absolutely, like it's, it's man. Been, I got uh, your number. I lock you in, man. I let everybody know. Uh, obviously, the homies. I'm still in group taps with Wendell, Big E, Sean, Vito, uh, Big Joe, man. All of them. I let them know. Uh, I hollered at you, man, and let me know uh, or share this with me, and I share this with them, man. And you know, reach out to them too, man. They all doing well, man. Wendell, a detective in Miami. Obviously, you know the work he put in at Fairmont. Uh, went mm-hmm. to the Hall of Fame. Big E, he's an athletic director right now down in New Orleans. Vito, Vito's a lawyer right now, uh, still in Fairmont. Uh, Big mm-hmm. Joe, he's a, a vice president, not vice president, a, a director in Pittsburgh at, at uh, FedEx or UPS right now. Man, everybody's doing well. Uh, Sean's out in Buffalo, so everybody's doing well, man. That's good, man, I, and I would appreciate that, man. Uh, shout out to all those guys. I actually remember all those guys. Like, it's it's wild how his brain works, man. But I'm friends with a good bit of them still, uh-huh. like on Facebook and stuff like that. You know, when you see some of the things that some of the guys are doing, man. So yeah. everybody's doing good, man. But I wanted I wanted to highlight you, man, because like 
you know, like it, even even besides like the LeBron stuff, it's just like, you know, just the other things that you're doing. You know what I'm saying? And you're just a real stand up dude, man. So I wanted to highlight you today. And uh, this definitely I'm definitely going to put this uh, episode out today. I share it with you, you know, tag you in it on social media and all those type things. Absolutely. And I definitely share, man. I appreciate the love. And you stay up, right. man. All right. All right. You too. Willie. Appreciate yep. you. Yep. Take care. All right. You too. So, man, I appreciate Willie for coming on to the podcast, man. Great pod there. Uh, before I get out of here, man, uh, you know, shout out to Uncle Washington. Uh, he's going through uh, some health things right now. He's fine, though, people. Everything is good. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure when he's going to be back on the podcast. We'll be on the lookout for the return of Uncle Washington. Uh, love my guy, Uncle Washington. Shout out to uh, Scooch Bronson, my uh, co-host of Viewers Anonymous. You know what I'm saying? We're putting them out every week. We just uh, we just did episode uh, three of uh, season four of Snowfall. The episode is going to be coming out soon. So be on the lookout for the new um, Viewers Anonymous podcast. Uh, also, man, shout out to Casey. Um, I appreciate everything Casey do for the podcast. You know, shout out to Candace, man. Shout out to uh, Jamar. Shout out to Mark, uh, who was mentioned earlier on this podcast. Um, so definitely shout out to that dude. Be on the lookout for him. Don't uh, have him on here soon. Also, shout out to Nate, man. Came on the last 28 minutes of the last podcast with me. Shout out to Nate uh, for coming through. And, uh, you know, I appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, this is a double feature. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this is episode 203 of the Stolen Time podcast and episode 38 of the 28 Minutes or Less. And your boy is out.